Welcome to Better Worlds, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Trevor. I'm Matthew. And I'm Dustin. First off, we wanted to give a little update about the new release schedule that we're working with. Um, I think Trevor is in the best situation to update the listeners. <laughs> Am I? Well, I mean, because you're the one that does all the work. Because it's my fault? <laughs> well, no, I'm saying this podcast wouldn't exist if it weren't for you. And we are going to demand an explanation from the man responsible for this matter. <laughs> I like how we would look at it as you're the, you're the thing that actually makes the whole deal work. And then your version of it was, I have let you all down. I'm sorry. I'm going to commit ritual suicide over here. <laughs> Oh, well, if you insist. (laughs) Jeez. I think the mere fact that we have one episode, much less 43 now, is miraculous. So, okay, fair. I'll take them at any point that we can. Okay, well, we just wanted to say we're sorry. It's been a while since our last blog post, and we'll (laughs) be trying to write more often. No, um, in seriousness, um, I don't like talking about the release schedule because I don't want to do the, like, sorry, it's been a while since the last blog post thing. But at a certain point, I do feel like we at least owe the listeners an acknowledgement of the release schedule. And so I think all we really need to say is we have a lot of stuff going on, life stuff, and we do episodes when we can. We our goal is uh, fortnightly, and many times we have been able to catch up. If we had like a three week gap, then we would like do a couple in a row or something, and that's not really been the case lately. It's been more like monthly, I guess. Um, so we do what we can. We have fun making the show. It's a side project. We. Uh, we would rather make episodes less frequently than do some kind of thing where we say we're going on indefinite hiatus and then disappear forever. Mm. At least I would. Same. I like talking to you guys. So, <laughs> yeah. So no plans on like disappearing or anything. It's just sometimes we can't do it as often. And so we just have to kind of roll with that and do life stuff first. It's better than nothing, folks. <laughs> Or is it? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's, it's a, it's really a good thing for the listeners because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, I just haven't been able to keep up and you know, we're, we're just helping those people out. Yeah. We're giving you time to see the last Jedi. I hope that's not just like the polite excuse (laughs) where they're like, oh yeah, I haven't been able to keep up. We released two episodes last year. (laughs) No, it's, it's totally the polite way of saying, I don't want to listen to your show. (laughs) But apparently we want to help those people out, even though they're terrible friends and family. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. Family members. <laughs> We're just that considerate. Yeah. Delay makes the heart grow fonder. Um, Enough on that. <laughs> so, Telltale. Tell me about that tale. It's a sad tale. Oh, hold on. I said enough on that, and then I remembered there's one more thing we should Wait, say. there's more. We realize... That our extended release schedule. Let's just, can we, is that a good euphemism? Extended yeah. release schedule. Um, this often means that when we discuss news matters, they are not in any way timely. 
<laughs> they are. It's just past timely, like it, historically. Um, but so like, you know, once we talk about something, it might be like you know, two or three weeks after it happened. By the time it actually gets edited and released, it's been like another two or three weeks. <laughs> so our, our news cycle is on like a anywhere from two to six week delay. So... So we've decided just to jump that shark entirely and go like really hecka delayed. So guys, I found out the cake is a lie today. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is news from a couple weeks ago. Uh, no telling how old it'll be by the time people hear it. But again, we're not going to mention that again. We're just going to keep pretending like we are releasing on a regular and timely schedule and that these news items are fresh. So go tell tale. Well, I don't know who you're telling to you're go good. because I, I think Matthew was talking. I interrupted, so it was probably Matthew. Oh, I, you're the one who put it up, but I could talk about it. So, unfortunately, uh, did I put it there? You did. I uh, okay. I have an automation so that when I put things in an Instapaper folder, they automatically post to the Trello board. So sometimes you share things, I Instapaper them, and then I move them to the folder so that they'll automatically go on the Trello board. See, I think I talked about this with people, but not you guys. But anyway, I'll talk. Maybe now that I think about it, maybe I did find this article. Wait, you're telling me that you talk to other people, Matthew? (laughs) I feel betrayed. I think that might be a violation of your contract. I signed a contract? (laughs) Oh, or is mentioning having talked? I don't know. Anyway, so Telltale, we're, we're dancing around this. Telltale, which we have mentioned in the past few shows somewhat because we talked about the Guardians of the Galaxy game they did unfortunately really suddenly just came out and called all their employees together and said, Hey, we're shuttering. Um, and this was, I don't know, like, I think it came out in September, let's say like 19th, 20th, something like that. And they're like, so employees, your health insurance is good through up till October and you're not getting any severance. Um, thanks. And basically just shut down overnight almost. And they had like one or two things they were, a few people were finishing up, but, um, yeah, shuttered really suddenly, which confused a lot of people because like all their games are typically pretty well received. So yeah. Did, what did you add, add to that, Trevor? I just wanted you to talk about it. Oh, I don't really know much about telltale, but we had very recently talked about you very much liking one of their games. Yeah. So it seems like we should at least acknowledge their passing. Well, the, the trick is here. I just need to never love anything because I had apparently killed it. Oh yeah. Especially since I, I literally was talking to someone else and saying, you would really like this. You specifically would. And the next day I saw that story and I was like, why did I do this? Why did I bring their downfall? Because the universe obviously revolves around my recommendations to other people, but it was sad. I mean, their games will still exist. Obviously I just have no, I have no idea, like, when you buy a game from a defunct studio, like, where does the money go? That is a good question. So they didn't give any reason why they were closing so quickly? It sounded like it was just a corporate decision. Like, they just said, hmm, we're not making the money or we don't want to deal with this. So, so long, folks. Apparently, a lot of video game stuff, development-wise, tends to work that way. It can be very sink or swim and the sink can come along very quickly Hmm. because that's not the first time i've heard of a studio where people were just plugging along and they had no indication that something was wrong and then 
management called him in on like a Monday and was like, well, we're, you're basically done. I heard maybe a week or two before the news about them shutting down. I heard that there were a lot of layoffs or something and people got nervous, but didn't know what was going on. And then like a week later, they announced they were shutting down. But I think they had, I think the only indication was like one surprising round of layoffs. So that might've been like a last ditch effort to save the company. Yeah. But it's kind of a half-hearted one if you do it one week and then like the next one, you're like, you know, let's just, let's fire them all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I hear that and I was like, how did, I don't know. It's one of those things where business runs up against the livelihoods of the people that they're employing. Cause I don't know how you expect to have someone as highly trained and like the coders and stuff you need to build video games if you're going to treat them like with less regard than <laughs> I don't know. That was, it, it happens more often than you might think. I didn't say I didn't think it happened. I was saying it seems insane to me. Oh, yeah. Because you want like a highly skilled worker and then you're treating them with a level of disregard that is as if, yeah, I don't know. Like, not that you should treat anyone with that level of disregard, but especially when like you really need someone who has a very specific skill set. It, I don't know. It, it seems weird. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that doesn't diminish any of the goodness of their games, but it is sad because they're, it felt like there was potential for them to do lots of other things. And I know they had a stranger things game in development that a lot of people were looking forward to, which now I guess just dies. So Hmm. that kind of sucks. That is a good question about the existing games. I wonder if somebody has like distribution rights or something that they would just keep selling them. Or if we need to snatch up that guardians game now. (laughs) Somehow I don't think we could afford the licensing rights for all the music that's in it over time. (laughs) I meant Dustin and I personally buying it to play it on your recommendation. Okay. And the newest game from Better Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get people to listen to the show. Have you played our game? That we because we'd be known as that one podcast that saves Telltale. <laughs> yeah, why don't we just? Sure, we can make uh, payroll. <laughs> so, is that all we have to say about that? Yeah, I guess we didn't really have specific thoughts other than mourning. And perplexity. Last week, we spent a bit of time talking about um, a blog post from Anne Leckie, who is the author of the Ancillary series. Is that what you would call it? Um, It's the Imperial Ratch trilogy. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. I always refer to them as those ancillary books. (laughs) Those ancillary books. Because... People don't know what Imperial Ratch is until after they read the books. Right. Um, So the blog post was talking about um, the reaction that some sci-fi fans had to the... Oh, geez. What's the name of the series? The Broken Earth series. Thank you. The Broken Earth series winning uh, the Hugo Award three years in a row. At the time, none of us had read 
the fifth season, which is the first book of that series. Um, and I have the update of, I, I don't know if you'd say read the book. It was, I listened to it in audiobook format, which was a first for me. So, um, ingested, I ingested the fifth season, uh, through my heat, through my ears into my brain. I always say red just because I don't like having to go too deep into the, um, all the discussions of whether it's legitimate or not. It's like I read, I, mm-hmm. I experienced the book. I took in all of the words and I have now experienced the novel. So I think for just the, for the sake of linguistic simplicity, it almost makes sense just to, you didn't read it, read it, but you read it in the sense that people mean when they say I read it. So, Mm-hmm. Like it's not the letter of what it is; it's the spirit of what. It, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making a point up. Right. Well, I liken it to Aaron and I have read uh, Jane Eyre and Pride and Prejudice and some other books together, where one person is reading to the other. So, if I was being technical, I've only read portions of Jane Eyre, but I've listened to the other portions, and in totality i have experienced the whole book so that's kind of what i thought of while i was listening to the audiobook it was nice for driving i think i'll do it again but i i feel like i i will reserve books that i'm really looking forward to reading to actually reading because i still have concerns that i kind of zone out from time to time when i'm listening to stuff I could see that being more of an issue because like that happens sometimes when I'm really on autopilot with reading or like a thought comes into mind that was triggered by something. And then I start thinking about that, even though I'm reading it, and like then, your eyes are still scanning forward, but you're not taking yeah. it in. And like, yeah, I mean, I do too. I'm even doing it. And then I'm like, wait, I'm not processing what's happening. And then have, and it's like a lot easier to go back specifically to where you remembered we were reading than it can be be like depending on what you're doing like if you were listening to a book in the car it could be a little harder to pinpoint exactly where you are without backtracking into parts you've already read well that's why the books that or the audiobook apps that have like a 15 or 30 second skip back button are so much better than the ones that don't Mm, i could see that yeah i was using libby libby is the best of the library ones uh, it's been years since I've used Audible, so I can't compare to that. But Libby is the best of the library ones. Um, Hoopla is uh, some good, some bad. Not nearly as bad as it used to be. And then there's one called uh, uh, RB Digital that is the third of the three that my library uses. And it is just really, truly horrible. I couldn't even tell you all the ways that it's horrible, but one of the ways in which it is most horrible is that sometimes it will randomly skip forward a chapter. Oh, geez. And then it takes like three minutes to find your place again. Also, Dustin, what did you think of the fifth season or did you want to? Yeah. So I, it was interesting. Um, it was an engaging story. I don't know that I feel compelled to read the rest of the series. Um, 
I am, I guess I am interested in how the story progresses, but it's not high on my next to read list. Um, so content warning, there were some scenes of, uh, physical relationships that were a little bit more intense than I personally cared for. Um, I think I skipped through part of one. Most of them were short, but there was one that was fairly extended that I just skipped through. Fairly extended. Three chapters. What? (laughs) Several minutes. Um, So if that bothers you, maybe just keep that in mind that you might have to skip some parts. It's fantasy, I think. Yeah, I would classify it as fantasy. I don't know how much detail you want me to give uh, since you guys haven't read it, but are, are either of you planning on reading it? I'm interested, but I, it's not super high on my list because my list is extensive. I have no immediate plans, but that has a lot more to do with the fact that I still have several books on my Kindle that I will read beforehand because I don't want to... Um, I can't connect back to Wi-Fi until I do. (laughs) I know that dance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So through a large portion of the book, I wasn't really sure what people were upset about and why they were complaining. Um, It wasn't until maybe the last third that I thought, I realized, okay, this is, I can see where the type of people that would complain about a book would be complaining here, if that makes sense. Like the people that gave Kelly Marie Tran uh, a hard time online, I I can see what it was that they were in up in arms about with this book. Um, because there's some gender fluidity. Are you saying simply in an, oh, I can point to the thing they complained about way? I, yeah, Not I like, can oh, identify I see the point, thing that but like, was oh, that is the thing that upset them. No. Right. So in the blog, thanks for clarifying that. In the blog post uh, that we had read, it didn't specify what it was that trolls were upset about. And so for a long time that was in the back of my mind list while I was listening to the book is like, what exactly is the issue here? And I was then able to identify what it was that they had issue with. It didn't, it wasn't like, it didn't bother me necessarily, but, um, so that was something that bothered the same people about the, Imperial Ratch books as well, because there's kind of the cultural and linguistic thing where they don't like, there aren't the same words for gender that we have. And so everybody in the Mm -hmm. book is referred to as she, and then people got really upset that they couldn't figure out who was male and female. And it's like, well, you're talking about a completely different culture and like a different, like, not necessarily even the same world that we're in. So have fun complaining about that, I guess. Yeah. 
I mean, what it boils down to is a representation issue again, that other marginalized groups are being represented in, in a work of fiction and people are upset about that. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any other questions? Wikipedia says science fantasy. Science fantasy. I can. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if it was going to be some kind of science fiction work. Maybe as the series progresses, it becomes more sciencey. It was kind of in the same vein as the, the King killer books on the way that magic is, has a, I guess a scientific basis um, because the people who are able to um, do quote unquote magic in the book are transferring energy from living organisms or from heat to create kinetic energy and things like that. So um, yeah, that I have used the term science fantasy for star Wars and for doctor who, and Mm. even those two were like really different from each other. So I don't know. It's a weird border to try to describe. Orson Scott card says that, the only difference is that science fiction has rivets and fantasy has trees. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I read this in an essay where he was talking about how he wrote, I think I can't remember exactly which direction it went, but I think he said he wrote a science fiction book and then the publisher said, sorry, we're not really looking for fantasy right now. And he was like, but what, what are you talking about? I wrote a science fiction book and then he looked at it again. And he's like, Oh, it has trees. So they thought it was fantasy. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. I don't read a lot of fantasy, but I am interested in this book. I also recently started reading Mistborn, or as it is more properly known, the final empire. And I am thus far intrigued, but did not manage to get through the full 27 hour audiobook. Wow. In the three weeks that I had it. And now I have to wait through the library queue again for 23 weeks. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly I understand why people pay for audible. Mm-hmm. That's one of the talking about the apps again. That's one of the nice things about hoopla is they have it set up so that there's not a queue. If you want a book, you can get the book. Oh, Nice. Whereas with Overdrive and Libby, the licensing is such that you have to wait in a queue and only one person can have a given copy of the book at a time. And the library has a limited number of copies available. So um, to sum up on the fifth season, I I think it's a worthwhile read. Um, I could see you guys enjoying it. Uh, so I would recommend it's not as high a recommendation as I would give for Dune or Ender's Game or something like that, because I really like those books yeah. a lot. Um, but it was enjoyable. So. It's hard to describe to people how much I like Ender's Game. <laughs> a lot. I like it a lot. 
and the associated books. I still think the way that you guys, or I think maybe it was just Trevor, the way that one of you described Arrival was the most helpful description I could have gotten, was that it's more Speaker for the Dead than Ender's Game. That was probably Trevor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a really good... It, it set my expectation very well. So next up we have news on a new Star Wars TV show. Gasp. <laughs> Which I guess is, like we said before, news is relative here. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to talk about Star Wars today. I am not shocked. As I'm sure you know, John Favreau is directing a new live-action Star Wars TV show that will be on Disney's upcoming streaming service. Um, I do not think this is the same live-action TV show that was rumored in 2004, um, because the live-action Star Wars... Okay, so I have this pet peeve about rumors where there's a rumor for a long time and then like something happens and people are like, Oh, it's that thing. It's like, no, it's not that thing. So like, you know, for a long time there were rumors that Apple would make a phone and they made a phone and people were like, Oh, I told you something. Like, no, like when you said that in 2002, I, well, I guess they would have been developing it then, but a lot of times there are rumors and then there's like the result and they're not actually connected. I'm just ranting now, but this is not the live action TV show that was actually being like actually in development in 2004. It was not just a rumor. It was in development. It was a real thing. Um, and by in development, I mean, George Lucas was definitely wanting to do it. Um, this is a different thing. I am very certain of that. Maybe I don't actually know. I can just cut all this. Hmm. <laughs> John Favreau <laughs> is making a live action TV show. And he recently announced that it is called the Mandalorian. Do you two have any immediate thoughts about that? It's pretty vague. And anyone, when they hear the title, the Mandalorian are going to think it's about Boba Fett. I thought it was about his armor, which I thought was, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just a, mo a show about his armor. <laughs> There, I have a book on my shelf called The Mandalorian Armor. <laughs> nice. But it's about Boba Fett. <laughs> Not just his armor. Okay. I don't know why it's called The Mandalorian Armor. Anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, so yeah, that was what I was wondering was if you two had seen enough about it to know that wasn't the case or if that was your immediate expectation. Um. I read the article. Okay. I feel like you mentioned something about the culture of Mandalorians because maybe there was a character in Rebels. Yes, yes, yes. Sabine. I might be mispronouncing her name because it's the thing I do. Um, Sabine, 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 Sabine. I'm so sorry, Sabine fans. Sabine. No, Sabine are... Pretty sure her name is Sabine. Sabine is the um, group of women the Romans did mean things to mm. Sabine Wren. I don't think it's Sabine. That would be weird. It's a Sabine. It's Is she Sabine, one of the Knights of Wren? W-R-E-N. Ah. Yes. 
cute little bird. Uh, yeah, there's a really cool character. One of one of the really good characters in Rebels is Sabine Wren. She is Mandalorian, and she is um, a fairly significant figure of Mandalore. Is that a spoiler? It's a spoiler. Um, she's cool. It would be cool if this show was about her, but it's not. So <laughs> that was some of the immediate speculation because the the little synopsis that John mm-hmm. Favreau instead. Picked it, I don't know, whatever it's called. Instapict, yeah. Well, he like put a picture of text on Instagram, is what I'm saying. So it was like, it was on Instagram, but it wasn't a picture of the show. It was a picture of text. So. So it was a, a like a tweet. It was like a tweet, but it was like a picture of a tweet on Instagram, but it wasn't a tweet. It was just a picture of words. <laughs> I don't understand why people use the internet the ways that they do. <laughs> He tweeted a picture of text. I mean, he he grammed an Insta of text. And it referenced Django and Boba Fett in a way that made it clear that it was not them. It says, another warrior emerges. Um, we already know from Rebels that Sabine Wren is alive and well after Return of the Jedi. And she has some sort of quest that she must undertake. Like, Rebels ended with this, like, painfully cool teaser about two of the coolest characters from rebels and clone wars teaming up and going on some sort of important quest, but they didn't say what it was. And, um, it just sucked not getting to see it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Um, so it'd be cool if the show was about her, but it's not because there's a picture that's been released now. And the picture is 100% not Sabine. Question. Yes. Are all Mandalorians bounty hunters? No. Okay. That makes me a little more open to the... How would that society even develop? <laughs> <laughs> it's... Everyone's constantly watching their backs because, like, I don't know. It'd be Okay, anyway, go on. I would say it's more akin to a Spartan warrior kind of idea Mm -hmm. in terms of culture. So are they mercenaries? No. Is that one of the things they they do? uh, Some of them are mercenaries, but they are generally honor bound, organized into families. They have armor that's passed down for generations, hundreds of years. Like their armor that they use is passed down through the family. So they're like samurai? Uh, maybe a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, it's a warrior culture. Um, it's a monarchical society, but it's based on like, it's based on challenges, kind of like Black Panther, I guess. Oh, or Klingons. Or sure. Klingons. <laughs> So, like, you can just, like, challenge for the throne. Or the captain of a ship. Sure. Um, so, that's an interesting question. I feel like Django might not be the most, like, welcome on Mandalore if he went back. And I don't know. I feel like they might not. Because he broke the code? Yeah. I, I don't know. That's an interesting question that I don't know. I've not personally seen addressed. Because back when Boba Fett was like 
the one Mandalorian that was ever talked about in star Wars, he was supposed to be like the last Mandalorian and, or somebody who had taken up Mandalorian armor from an ancient culture that had been wiped out. One of the two. Um, but now, uh, there's like a bunch of them currently alive and stuff. So it's kind of different. And I wonder if a bounty hunter would kind of be a persona non grata. Is that the word phrase? Yeah, sounds right. I don't know if they would like him very much because he, well, I mean, I mean, not him, but Django. I wonder if they would not like him because he went off to become a mercenary instead of serving wherever his duty was and stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Didn't he also sell his DNA? Yeah, that might be frowned upon, given the family importance stuff. And he essentially sold the Mandalorian warrior spirit to the um, big, big government. I don't know. Empire. <laughs> Not the Empire. The Republic. Beginnings yeah. of that. So, anyway, the show is set between the empire and the first order. Uh, so honestly, the thing that I'm most excited about is seeing a post empire world that has not yet been sullied by the incompetent first order. <laughs> well, I'm sure they'll try to like foreshadow it though and stuff. So yeah. And maybe that will retroactively help out things because it will flesh out the political situation with more uh, detail. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, th that's very much my hope. But I was kind of like, I, I don't know, I guess the maybe it was just because everyone was talking about they're like, well, there's all this old history they could do with Star Wars and go way back in time and or play around with whatever they wanted to do there. So then when they did something that was after the original trilogy, I was like, oh, that I'm find that more interesting actually <laughs> not like it that the older stuff wouldn't be interesting but it was maybe more interesting because it was so unexpected with where everyone's expectations were so well people have been pining for that because knights of the old republic was so popular and i'm sure they'll get to older stuff eventually but when that happened in the old canon and old eu stuff that happened because the more immediate timeline had been so thoroughly used up that they had to go further afield to find usable time spans where they could write new events and stuff and so i think they'll do that eventually but they have no reason to do it immediately so and that's part of why like People keep saying, oh, we want stuff that's further away from the main characters and stuff. It's like, okay, they're going to do that, but it makes sense to hit the, the really immediate stuff first. Like, like people complaining about there being a solo story and they're like, or a solo a Star Wars solo. Yeah. <laughs> people were complaining about the solo movie. They're like, we don't want to hear more about the main characters. We want to hear about people who don't have anything to do with this, but you know, it, it still makes sense for them to hit the really popular well-liked stuff first and then just kind of gradually branch out. Yeah. So 
I'm sure they'll get to older stuff. It probably won't look anything like KOTOR though. So don't be too eager for it because it's going to not be the thing that you like. It's going to be something different. Um, and the tactic of exploring the space between two known quantities, that is something they've definitely done before as well. So like, um, Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One. Um, but even before in the older, in the old EU and everything, they, for a while, they just, well, at the very beginning, they went between the movies in the original trilogy. And then they started going after the original trilogy and kind of go, gradually going further and further out. But they weren't allowed to touch the time before the original trilogy. It was strictly forbidden. Then when the prequels came out, they started writing stuff between those movies. And then once the trilogy was done, they started writing stuff between the two trilogies. So it makes perfect sense to me that now that there's a third trilogy, they would want to explore the stuff between the third trilogy and the original trilogy because there's stuff to be fleshed out in there that people want to know about. And if they do that, then they're leaving the other area unexplored for bigger projects later on. It's like if they, if they drew out like the whole big picture of thousands of years of timeline right now, then they would have a lot less to work with. And so it just, it just makes more sense to drill down more and more in between the stuff they have and then build it out. Yeah. In terms of like the breadth of the timeline later on. It also, I think it makes it more accessible for people. Yeah. Um, that too. Cause you, you hear a lot of, well, I imagine people find it difficult to, make inroads into the comic book world whenever there's a substantial expansive universe that they don't know where to start. Yeah. So starting a new series or whatever in a a section where a lot of people can relate or are familiar with what's going on allows more. Yeah. Fresh blood. (laughs) The problem is, they keep doing that, so it's actually made it very con- like convoluted for anyone to follow it at this point. Because maybe about once a year, they're like, "And here's another new number one." And so now, if someone wants to get comics. into, oh, well, you you're said talking comics, about, comics. so I was just you. I yeah, I was m- making an analogy to comics, but I was actually talking about the Star Wars thing. Oh well, my, my point stands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with that too. Which number right, one do yeah, I read first? Hard to figure that part out. Yeah. So anyway, it would it would definitely not make sense for them to be like, oh, we're going to make a TV series set after the trilogy that we're still working on. It's like no, yeah. that, <laughs> no, I see they're what they're not. Yeah. What mean there. Yeah. Um, but did, yeah, people people are hankering for some Kotor based stuff. But like I said, even when we get that time period, it's not going to be the same story. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting is that they've come out and talked about how different episodes will have different directors. And one of the directors that got listed was actually Taika Waititi from, uh, who directed Thor Ragnarok most famously. And I was like, huh, I don't know how that will work. <laughs> I like what he did with 
I generally like him. So, but I was like, I don't know how that tone is going to fit. So is all of his stuff that goofy? The only other thing I've seen him do was flight of the Concords, which is maybe not the best <laughs> way to frame that question <laughs> because it was like he... specific episodes there. Okay. I did not know that. Well, he is from New Zealand and there's only like, so no, <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think they would. Okay. To be fair, I think they make jokes like, though, there's not that many people. I don't, there's, I think more people than you would realize, but in the entertainment industry coming out of New Zealand, I feel like this is, <laughs> he did something called Eagle versus shark. Oh, I think I heard of that and I have no idea what it's about, but I feel like I've, that sounds familiar. My guess is there's some kind of battle between a giant Eagle and a giant shark. Well, the shark's probably going to win. Oh, Eagle versus Shark is the tale of two socially awkward misfits and the strange ways they try to find love through revenge on high school bullies, burgers, and video games. Well, now I'm kind of hoping that the two actors, it's probably not them, but I would hope that the two actors are just Brett and Jermaine from um, Flight of the Concords. Uh, Jermaine is one of them. <laughs> okay. So they're friends, I, is, I guess, more the point, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, he was on the list. I feel like there were a couple of, uh, I don't know. Trevor, do you remember what I'm talking about? There, they like, or did you see that, that they had a list of people who were going to direct episodes? Yeah. And I was just searching to find more of the list. Um, so Taika Waititi, you mentioned, there's also Deborah Chow who directed Jessica Jones. Oh, and that again, the tones that are very different there, but I mean, yeah. directors can do different things. So, Rick Femiua. Sorry, I'm mispronouncing your name, Rick. Um, he directed Dope, which I've not seen, so I don't know anything about that. Uh, and Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh. Does she have directorial experience? I don't know. Not that that's a slight against her if she doesn't. She will soon. I was like, oh, I didn't know that she was in that game. Like, I thought she was still on the acting side. Does familial directing experience count? <laughs> she absorbed the... It's, it, okay, she just has to get into an animus and sync with the genetic memories of her father, and then she'll gain all his skills, is I'm pretty sure how it would work. Just as long as she doesn't... Well, never mind. I'm trying to find if she's directed anything, but these are all acting roles. Bryce Dallas Howard, director. <laughs> Actually, her directing alias is Colin Tevereau. <laughs> or whatever that guy's name was. Trevor Rowe. Trevor Rowe. Trevor Rowe. She directed a short called Soulmates. It's Trevor Rowe, Matthew. Uh, oh, right. How dare you? They're all shorts. She's directed okay. shorts. Well, maybe the show, this show will all be shorts. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. But yeah, it's... Oh, a list of what episodes each director will be helming. Oh the plot thickens oh my gosh guys how did i miss this part i don't know dave filoni is directing oh i saw at that least two episodes i saw that and remembered vicariously because you said because when we talked about the rumor of this you're like if it's smart they'll put dave filoni in on it but i don't think they'd do it and i saw yeah. that and i was like oh trevor will like this that was the main reason i wanted to talk about it but i did he's doing episodes one and five but i didn't mention it because i was like i want you to discover that okay Maybe it is Sabine. Do, 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 do. 
Why would that be the case? Because he did Rebels, and he would know Sabine. Oh. Wait, I do have a follow-up. I do have a... Anyway, I was just going to say, por que nos dos? And then have a celebration in the background when it's both. That you can have Mandalorians and it have like new characters and also have Sabine show up as a developed character nah. that features as well. Yeah, that would, I mean, that could make sense. It's called The Mandalorian, not The Mandalorians. Um, so that would be, and the, the teaser has been talking about a lone gunfighter. So there's, there's lone kind of wolf. the, yeah, there's kind of the impression that it's going to be focused on one Mandalorian, but. But what if the dude isn't actually a Mandalorian and is posing as one and then meets a real Mandalorian? Or gal. Oh, or she even comes after him. Because he's posing as a Mandalorian. Yeah. Are we sure it's male? The one picture that's been released looks male. But that's the only reason to say that is just build. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say they. It's not actually known. They play fast and loose with people dressing as bounty hunters with indeterminate gender, I guess. Yeah. There was an old comic where there was a bounty hunter who got a hold of some Mandalorian armor and posed as Boba Fett and Boba Fett came after him. Well, you got that was more about personal reputation. Yeah. That was more about personal reputation than about like the honor of the culture or whatever. Although Sabine is more of an individualist, I guess, but I don't know. I kind of liked the look of the armor in the shot that we got to for the Mandalorian. Like it's a little, I mean, it, has enough visual reference so that people who don't know the term would be like, oh, that's Boba Fett. Or not, like, it's connected in that sense that they'll be able to have something to latch on to, but then, I don't know, it felt like they adapted it somewhat. It, yeah. I uh, The armor is definitely, like, Mandalorian. It's not, like, far afield or anything. It feels a little toned down from Boba Fett, too, which I never thought Boba Fett was too flashy. But it felt like the colors are more muted. Yeah, they're. I mean, maybe not even more muted, just more monochrome. It's like all gray and silver. I think in the picture, I thought it was brown and like almost like silver, but like a touch of green. Was there brown? Well, Boba Fett's like brown and green, but he's got like bright yellow or like a goldish goldenrod, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, there is some yellow. You're right. So yeah, um, it is shinier. Which some people were very upset about, especially the helmet. Uh, they were saying it was too shiny and didn't have any dents in it, and that was very upsetting. So, people will find something to be upset about, but um, yeah, this might be good. Might be good. Well, does that about wrap us up for this recording session? Did we have any other? Well, we could. In the interest I've of been progressively in the interest of time, things. we could be finished there. Oh, you have you been? Do you moved the one thing away again? Didn't you? Yeah, our backlog is growing. We were actually going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Okay, this one. <laughs> no, Jurassic World: The Lost Park. Yeah, but we don't have time so, okay. to do well. I have time to do it, Justin. You don't okay. <laughs> Quick update. Dustin, did you see Jurassic World yes. The Lost Park? I did see Jurassic World The Lost Park. Okay. Well, there's our teaser for 
next time or the time after that, or maybe even after that. On the eve of the next Jurassic War- Jurassic whatever movie, we discuss the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> also, we will discuss the Wasp after like three more Marvels Mar- Marvel movies come out. Marvel movies. Marvel, yeah. It's not our fault they release them so fast. <laughs> well, there, we have a big break until yeah March. So, oh, Captain Marvel trailer came out. Oh, yeah. In between this and the recording of the last episode. Which, despite the fact that we recommend not watching it, we were all very excited. Or at least two-thirds of us were very excited. <laughs> Did we recommend not watching this one? Uh, we recommended generally not watching trailers, but... Oh, yeah. This was... I think you needed to make an exception. Well, I, I super watched this one. which By which I mean I watched it and was excited. It was pretty exciting. For reasons that we probably don't have time to get into. We can also tease that. Made me think of the final episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I could see some of that. The um, Carol losing her memory type thing is actually a pretty tried and true. Spoilers. (laughs) Of the next episode, I mean. The montage. uh, I think it was the montage of her killing vampires that made me i'm trying to give you some like decoy spoilers here to help out Mm. um no (laughs) too late (laughs) no there were things that reminded me of the final season or final episode of buffy um but it would be impossible to explain without giving massive spoilers for both buffy and (laughs) the captain marvel trailer so i'm not gonna do it (laughs) i'll just say it involved baseball spoilers Oh boy. Wait, I do have a non-spoiler for the thing. If you look at the cat, I was very pleased with this detail because I don't remember it being in the trailer, but on the official movie poster hidden at the bottom, you can totally see her cat Chewie. Nice. That's um, not very important, but I thought it was very nice touch. You can find the show notes for this episode at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash 43. You can find us on Twitter at betterworldsnet, and you can join our Slack by going to slack.betterworlds.net. Thanks for listening. Go then. <laughs> <laughs>